Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. With filthy mouths and bad attitudes. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. There's a cock that's hard as steel. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right. <laughs> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal Sex Appeal. My name is Chris, when it's always Parker and Alex. And we watched Abraxas, Guardian of the Universe. I want to give a little warning to our listeners. Just a little, like, a trigger warning, content warning, whatever you want to call it. This is potentially our darkest episode ever. Visually, it was kind of tough to see what was going on. Could see it fucking thing but i could hear the same four words on loop the entire oh. movie it's Absolutely. good to know that this is a problem for those of us that didn't watch this on youtube so yeah uh, yeah who would do that yeah. Yeah. Who, who would give up 10 minutes in then just watch it on his phone because he didn't do dishes all week surely not this guy he takes his job seriously yeah well 2p tv had some Enlightening yeah. oh. commercials. What a relief! I was worried we uh, we wouldn't be hearing from the advertisers this week. Right. Yeah. Well, before we get to them, Parker, do we have any news? I just don't know if Harry and Megan are going to get their new Netflix show off the ground. I'm so <laughs> concerned that my life has been on an upswing. Things are looking better. I like. I don't have this financial stress on my shoulders every waking moment. Things were looking up, and then lo and behold, off in the distance. What if there was more? What if there was more M and H with a new football season approaching? What if things never got better? What if this was my life forever? Your thoughts? Well, it turns out Megan and Harry just aren't good at anything. <laughs> like I know, I, I, I know that like the joke is like make fun of Bill Simmons because like it's it's kind of easy like make jokes about that guy, but he kind of called him out kind of succinctly it's like they, they don't do anything well they just podcasts, just asking faking asking serena williams questions about how tough it is to be brave while being a woman that, that this doesn't take any talent <laughs> i want to talk to megan's intern about a braxis real bad <laughs> <That's> pretty sick <laughs> so uh i mean here's hoping they can uh, come together they can get all that money they deserve from whatever it is they do they make another banger six-part documentary series. And I, I just can make the romp fucking turn it albacoike and watch that for another month and a half. Yeah, what do they even talk about, though? You gotta, you gotta think about, you know, setting the up kids? their kids for success. We wouldn't want little Archibald and Lilibet to not have uh, all of that <laughs> Netflix guy. money to, uh, I don't know, buy a third-world country. And <laughs> <laughs> do the Macarena with them. <laughs> Hasn't anyone thought of poor Archibald? <laughs> <laughs> I can safely say I haven't thought about Lilibet. I, I keep thinking that Lilibet was like the baby from Twilight. <laughs> I just hope they never go away. They're so fun. 
There's so much to say. There's so much to contribute. Great. All right. Good um, job. Everything's yeah. great. Let's uh, let's get into our jerks of the week. Oh fuck! I can't believe you've done this. I'm going to take a page out of Alex's book from last week and steal a jerk of the week. My jerk of the week is Parker's dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same. <laughs> you know, Parker. There's a there's a good way to uh, instill discipline with a canine in your household. I don't know. Yeah, you, you just know. gotta choose a better door. <laughs> I'm not saying. <laughs> she can hear me. Pussy. Now you know oh, how it feels. It's fucking yeah. <laughs> One million. <laughs> Chris is mad at the dog because Chris actually wanted to be the one that peed on the bed, and he got in there and was just like, "Oh man." I, I mean, that's not my territory now. It's clearly the dog's territory. I just won't have a good night's sleep. It's I'm a gamer. <laughs> uh, my jerk of the week is uh, one of my coworkers, who I shall not name, but uh, we're talking about what we're going to get for lunch. And, you know, it's a 30-minute lunch. There's only so many options. And we mentioned, like, yeah, we'll probably just get Taco Bell. And he goes, yeah, I don't really like Taco Bell. I prefer authentic Mexican food. Yeah, no shit. You fucking think so? Is that you can tell you're moving up in the world, buddy? Who doesn't? You <laughs> fucking actually, asshole. minute lunch. Right. We're in the suburbs, you dickhead. No shit. I'm still mad about it. that. Was yesterday. I'm so fucking hated. So condescending. Yeah, prefer more authentic. That's more uh, tax max. Yeah, I know. It's a dollar fifty. You fucking prick. It's fine. Just to oh. talk down to me like I wouldn't want a real Mexican taco on my lunch break. <laughs> Fucking asshole. I hate this guy too. <laughs> oh, you spent four dollars on that crunch wrap? Yeah, I'm gonna do it again. Sorry that I had access to a volcano taco today. You can't take that away from me, dickhead. It still hurts. That sauce ain't a joke. <laughs> It's, uh, it's, do you know how hard it is to get me on the pro Taco Bell side of one of these? Like, it's, it's fuck this guy. I hate him. <laughs> Just then he went to Panda Express. It's fine. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm still mad about it. I'm still fucking furious. I know he prefers authentic Chinese. It I, makes sense. He, that's what. Yeah, when he gets back with his food, you just gotta be waiting there for him in a rice paddy hat. Just like <laughs> speaking of Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Eat that uh, rice with chopsticks. Let's go. Here's <laughs> my jerk of the week. Fuck. Oh, right. Yeah. So I went to the Orioles game last night, and uh, there was like an hour and a half rain delay. And I had a very, very good seat. And I was like, cool. Rain delay means I can move down even further. I just sit behind the plate and be an asshole on TV for an inning and a half at midnight when no one's watching. So, like, the rain's, like, about to let up. And I'm just, like, shooting the shit with one of the ushers. And one of the other ushers from, like, two sections over sees me, like, half a foot inside, like, the stadium bowl while the rain is still coming down and comes sprinting at me like Jeremy Strong in the fucking, uh, the movie with Baker Dill that I can't remember the name of right now. He's like, sir, 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 you can't be out here. You can't. It's like, buddy, I'm talking to your coworker. Like, what are we doing? Um, Serenity. Serenity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, That one. I don't know how I forgot the name of that movie, but, um, I just, I, I met the rules. I met the rule. I was literally <laughs> talking to this guy's coworker about just 
baseball. He's like, excuse me, excuse me, you can't be out here. And this guy's like 22 or 23. He's like, what are you doing, buddy? I I do like the idea. I'm picturing him in like a full suit and tie with a briefcase. But yeah, I mean, you almost have to. Like, it might as well have been. But uh, the absolute audacity. Let me get struck by lightning on my own time, you piece of shit. <laughs> Oh, boy. Well, he needed something to do, I guess. All right, uh, let's get into what we watched recently. Uh, question now is, do we want to do the DCEU movies now, or do we want to do them right before we do Abraxas? Well, let's do it closer to Abraxas so people don't realize that we only have eight minutes worth of content on Abraxas. <laughs> That's fair. All right, uh, for what I watched, uh, let me take a look here what I watched. Uh, oh. I watched a few movies from the list. <laughs> well, that sucks for you, buddy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> now here's uh, one of them. This movie, Parker, looking directly at you. well, uh-huh. Alex is already on his phone. And soon, the darkness. This is this is a British French co-production from oh, the year God, nineteen. Why? Right, is is someone year... behind me? Why are you looking at me? <laughs> <laughs> from the year nineteen seventy. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> start driving. <laughs> uh, actually, this one is. Uh, it's not bad, actually. It, it's okay. The basic idea here is um, these two British girls go on a vacation, sorry, holiday, to France. And they're riding their bikes throughout France, and they're kind of bored by it, because look at the place. And uh, they're in, like, the French countryside. And one of the girls is like, uh, oh, I'm going to sunbathe in the sun, isn't it? And uh, the other girl's like, come off. And uh, eventually they're just like, oh, I don't like you anymore. So one of them leaves, the other stays. And that girl disappears. And uh, the other girl has to try to find her friend, and she has to try to interact with the locals. Unfortunately, she doesn't speak almost any French. I mean, her French is worse than mine. And these French locals are not very helpful. Now, I watch this without subtitles because I think that's the way it's supposed to be made. You're not really supposed to know what's going on. So you kind of identify with the main character and her confusion as well. What I really liked about this is that there is one guy who is telegraphed to be like, oh, he's a creepy serial killer. He probably abducted the girl and killed her. She cannot trust this guy as much as he tries to help, even though this guy actually speaks both French and English. But what the movie does very well is it it really emphasizes that she cannot trust anyone that she talks to. And thus, you're paranoid about every single encounter. So I really like that. That was very well done. Unfortunately, what ruins it is the end credits theme song, which is this really poppy, upbeat theme song, which is totally disconnected from what just went down in the movie, which gets kind of dark. Uh, Parker, I don't think you'll have like a good time with it. You're probably just not going to watch it anyway, because again, British-French co-production from 1970. Yeah. But Correct. like, you probably would have had like a, a halfway decent time until they played like it sounds like uh the different strokes theme song that they play over the end credits it's just way too upbeat all right we uh, we are we are well known for uh having movies ruined by end credit music so uh yeah. that makes sense <laughs> i think my my most notable one that one i keep coming back to is uh and it's one of my favorites is uh perfect blue which plays a j-pop song over the end credits <laughs> after just saying there's all these problems with j-pop uh what else did I watch? I watched the 1943 version of Phantom of the Opera. I don't know why this wasn't on the original version, besides the fact that it sucks ass. Uh, Parker, apparently you saw this. Sure. Uh, yeah. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's, I was hoping you'd be able to help me out here. Yeah, uh, man, why not? Just, I've seen I, a version. I guess it was that one. 
Yeah, see, the really big problem with this is uh, there's just way too much opera. I think they're taking it way too seriously with the opera. There's very little phantom in here. And when he finally reveals his horribly scarred, burned face from all that acid that was up to his face, he looks like uh, the, the kid from Avatar The Last Airbender who just kind of has like a burned eye. It's like not even that big of a deal. Oh my so god, this he's is... bald? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. But uh, with Fan of the Opera, there are two better versions to watch. The 1925 silent version is actually really good. And honestly, the Gerard Butler version is way, way better than this. Like, people always clown on that movie and be like, oh, it's stupid, it's silly. It's a fun watch. <laughs> what? It's really what better than this. silent opera. What's wrong with you? What, the 1925 version? <laughs> yeah. I was I, I actually I have to admit I was a little surprised that was way that was years before I discovered the list it was just like oh, a list of like great silent movies so I was like oh I'll check this out I think it was Lon Chaney Senior who was in it and I think that was also I Parker you would probably remember I think wasn't it on like that Rob Zombie uh, top ten scariest movie moments list Leave or something like that me out of this question now <laughs> dare you honestly that's that's more fucked up than the taco bell guy it's so much Wait, we've talked you, about that though. watching you imagine this but it's like there's no music you're just sitting there like oh man they're getting it Look yeah. at them go. <laughs> you know, no there's a sick prime song during this no part. if i remember anything about it it's uh the 25 version is that there was actually a segment of that movie that was in color which a lot of people seem to think that like color movies were like invented in 1939 oh. with Wizard of Oz, but there's like a no in color. No, okay, like, sorry. No. I was gonna say <laughs> <laughs> my ears perked up like my dog after she yeah. pissed. I'm sorry. It's fine. <laughs> All right. Anyway, moving on to the next one here. This is you guys probably won't have any interest in this, but I do think it's interesting to talk about. It's a 1948 British movie called Correct. The the Fallen Idol. This is by Carol Reed, the same guy who did The Third Man. The really important part about this is that there is a child actor in here who everyone's talking about, delivered this great performance, he's really wonderful, and this is a very good movie. I like this one a lot, but it turns out, if you read a little bit behind the scenes, as I like to do with so many movies, this kid was a horrible actor. This is like one of the worst actors that anyone's ever had to work with. He just wasn't paying attention. He wasn't able to deliver his lines very well. The reason he looked so good is because they were able to sort of shoot around it and they made him look like a really good actor. And that's what a great director can do. So uh, if you are willing to watch a black and white British 1948 movie, you can't go wrong with The Fallen Idol. Oh, is he, is he like a ye olde orphan? Or, uh, like, how does this work? He is the son of a British ambassador to France. And uh, his dad goes away on business or whatever. And his butler and, I don't know, lady butler have to take care of him. And one day, the, the butler goes out and he has a rendezvous with another woman. And the kid catches him uh, in that rendezvous. And they sort of have to rely on this kid to not tell the lady butler. Also, uh, the woman in the rendezvous gets killed. And they have to try to... They, they're trying to get the kid to, like, lie to the cops. The kid's not very good at that. It's There's a lot that's going on. But it all kind of comes together fairly well. It's basically the idea of this innocent child looking through the eyes of a child at the world. And uh, it actually works pretty well. I kind of like this more than The Third Man, but I haven't seen The Third Man in a while. That's 
that's another one where it's like I watched it on my laptop in college. Maybe I would have appreciated it more if I watched it for real. But the one thing I remember about the third man is it has this really stupid ukulele soundtrack. I'm like, this isn't really good for a thriller, you know. <laughs> anyway, uh, especially because it doesn't even take place in a in somewhere that plays a ukulele. Like if it was in Hawaii, like sure, but you know. Anyway, enough about black and white British movies from the 1940s. Uh, just one more from the list. And Parker, this is one you might have interest in. Uh, big, you probably already know this, but like under no circumstances should your girlfriend watch this one. This is an Australian movie from 1971. Yep, I'm out. Yeah, right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this is called This is called Wake in Fright. Oh. Yeah. You've heard. Yeah. Yeah, I know that one. <laughs> this is, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. The basic idea, you know, it's kind of weird that Wake and Fright is on the horror list at all because it doesn't seem like a horror or a thriller. It's The basic idea is there's some guy in uh, kind of like the outback in Australia, and it goes to a place that's deep in the outback in Australia. And he kind of gets stuck there because he gambles all his money away. And there is nothing to do there but drink beer. They drink more beer in this movie than they do in Beer Fest. It is not even close. It, the amount of drinking in this is... It, I, I was actually like kind of... I was like, and they're drinking again? I can't believe it. And you think, that's not exactly a stunt, you know? You just pour beer to a glass and hand it to an actor and say, go. But uh, as you're watching, you're just like, I, I can't believe they're doing this again. And you realize that they are trying to send a message about... Uh, the degradation of society why i said uh hey parker don't let the little lady see this it's because uh there is a scene in which they go hunting kangaroos and they actually kill kangaroos and they show that on screen you might say to yourself that is barbaric i would say yes that is why they showed it the, i guess the the australian equivalent of PETA is a little bit different from the american version because the animal rights activists in australia said no, we want you to show this. We want this to be put into your movie. We want people to see how awful this is. And uh, it, it it worked. I don't want to go shooting kangaroos. It's not my idea of a good time. As for whether this is effective societal commentary, I would say, yes, absolutely. This totally works. Is it a horror movie? No. Next one I saw. I went to the theater, to the Alamo Draft House. And I watched Wes Anderson's latest, Asteroid City. Have you guys seen this one yet? Nope. No. Nope. I'll get to it. Not in a hurry. Okay. I, uh, I I'm happen sure to love I'll this enjoy one. it. I just yeah. Correct. I yeah. drink yeah, a right. lot this week. <laughs> That's fair. <Yeah. laughs> All right. Uh, I happen to love this one. It's, uh, how do I describe it? The basic idea is it's uh, kind of a story within a story. Uh, the, there's a black and white section where it's about Edward Norton as a playwright who's writing a play called Asteroid City that takes place in the uh, Midwest, maybe about five miles outside Los Alamos, so tying with Oppenheimer. And it has all these famous actors and actresses, and they come together to put on this play about... Um, it's like a junior science fiction convention where they all come together in the 1950s, and they are visited by an alien. The alien's visitation scene is the best part of this movie. I was laughing hysterically. And the theater, I don't know, maybe I got like a really good theater experience. Everyone was going nuts for this movie. They thought it was like the coolest shit that they had ever seen. I was really happy to see that. This is one of the funnier Wes Andersons, uh, especially because I, I think I liked French Dispatch a lot more than you guys did, but uh, even I can admit, not a whole lot of laugh out loud moments there. 
Asteroid City, a uh, bit of a course correction there. Additionally, one, and Alex, this is for you. We've talked about how the Royal Ten Bombs and Rushmore seem to be the only movies that really come back to having a bit of subtext in them. They're the only ones that really feel like they're about something. Asteroid City, I'm not going to give it away, but I feel that if you watch it with, uh, you know, and you're paying attention, you can feel the subtext and you can understand that he's trying to get something across here. And I, I happen to like that quite a bit. Asteroid City is easily one of my favorite movies of the year. So strongly, strongly recommend this one. I'll get and to now, it. I, uh, yeah. I made the mistake of asking her if she wanted to see it and she said yes. And now she has pneumonia. So no, I'll see it when I can see it. <laughs> that's, that's how it all starts. Uh, uh, next one here. Uh, I watched Batman Mask of the Phantasm also at the Alamo. Nice. This is uh, this is kind of something I've been wanting to do for a while because I've mentioned I love Batman the Animated Series, but I'm also thinking back to what was the first movie I ever saw in theaters. It might be this one. So maybe now I can finally die. But uh, also, I mean, as far as the positives go, Mask of the Phantasm, I think I mentioned before the comic book Dark Knight, uh, Night Spelled Without a K, that was written by Paul Denny, one of the best writers that Batman's ever had. He's working on this movie. He's tasked with writing the Joker scenes. Now, Paul Denny has written the Joker better than anyone has ever written the Joker. On his way home from work, he is brutally assaulted and robbed by, uh, by a few people, and it takes him a very long time to recover, both physically and mentally. You might think to yourself, probably a good excuse for maybe his writing to be subpar. You'd be surprised. His writing is perhaps at its best. The Joker's never been funnier, he's never been more menacing, and he's never been more interesting. But it's not just him. Batman's also at his most vulnerable. This is a movie that I recommend to everyone. Oh, by the way, this is the best movie that Mark Hamill's ever in. Mass of the Phantasm is better than both of the good Star Wars movies. So, and slightly Let us know which ones you think are the two good Star Wars movies. We'd love to talk about it. Yeah, please, please email write in. Please <laughs> tell us the two you like most. We're begging you. Unless you're Alex's friend, in which case, we are right now. Yeah, you leave Marshall alone. Marshall's yeah, I like Marshall. I like Marshall. I don't get me wrong. I like Marshall. Anyway, uh, yeah, Mask of Phantasm, strongly recommend it. It's very, very funny. It's very exciting. It's very emotional. It has a bittersweet ending. It is a top five Batman movie. Uh, possibly top three. Uh, <laughs> I forgot I watched this. Okay, so remember when we were talking about all the grouches? <laughs> <laughs> How could I forget? <laughs> well, I watched a documentary called Street Gang, How We Got to Sesame Street. It's on Max. <laughs> and it's all oh, about... Morticus in this one? <laughs> no. But uh, I <laughs> I will say the best part is actually Oscar the Grouch. So anyway, they do like a whole thing about the making of uh, Sesame Street. I know I watched it when I was a kid because when I got a little bit older, my mom used to tell me, oh, you used to love watching Sesame Street. I, go, I used to go, really? I don't even remember anything about that show. I mean, I look at it now, I don't have anything against it. I think that Sesame Street is a very good tool for educating kids. And it's one of the reasons that young children's programming matters so much. Like, I've, I've talked about this documentary, I've talked about the documentary for Nickelodeon and the documentary for um, uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Those are all really good shows, and I'm glad that television can be used as a positive for kids, right? Uh, but that being said, like, I, I don't really have very many strong memories of uh, Sesame Street. I think I was too young, I, I guess, to remember any of it. Uh, I think my mom said my favorite one on there was uh, Grover. 
He was the blue one who was kind of annoying. <laughs> I don't know. I have to admit, uh, <laughs> as I'm watching it, Parker, this is for you, I guess. I, I, whenever they showed Gordon, all I could think about was him and Elmo. <laughs> <from> the... <laughs> Come down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm completely checked out. <laughs> How do they get and, the puppets to uh, line up a kangaroo in their sights and blow its fucking brains out <laughs> on tape? We gotta talk about Oscar the Crouch in here, because I I think it's the same guy, Carol Spinney, who plays Big Bird, is also the one who does Oscar the Grouch. That's right. Man, this is, uh, yeah, they apparently, whoever played uh, Maria on the show said, yeah, he has saved so much money on therapy by being able to play these two characters. Like, uh, Big Bird is essentially a very large child. And uh, Oscar is just, uh, I don't know, maybe his id Literally or something me. like that. <laughs> yeah. Oscar the Grouch had... They showed some uncensored footage from uh, from Sesame Street. Uh because I think maybe have you seen any of the uh, on YouTube every once in a while they'll recommend like um, I guess like Robin Williams interacting with like Elmo and they're both just like riffing not and, in my uh, I, I've seen that one before it's actually kind of interesting because uh, the people stay in character with the puppets and it's kind of cool to see Oscar the Grouch is reading over his lines and then someone asks are there any lines that uh, you don't like any changes like oh any changes yeah I got an idea we don't have enough sex on this show and uh, it made me think about his niece, Irvine, <laughs> and his car, the Sloppy Jalopy. <laughs> we can do, do this again. Like we I, could. There's, nah, we don't, there's more we meat on the bone with the grouches. Yeah. And the other one that actually made me laugh out loud here was, oh yeah, actually, so they were talking about why Oscar's on the show in the first place, because they're like... Because he owns. You, yeah. Well, they were like, why would you want a jerk in the neighborhood? And then they were just like, there are a lot of jerks in the neighborhoods. You have to learn how to deal with them. And I, maybe I paused it exactly at the right time, but uh, Oscar is just chewing out these two kids who are playing too near to his trash can. You know, no throwing balls, no laughing, no jumping, no skipping, no having a good time. And, like, what if the adult humans is just, like, bringing the kids, like, okay, stay away from Oscar, <laughs> you know? He might be armed. <laughs> and uh, the other one that got me, and <laughs> have you ever seen, and I actually do recommend these, have you ever seen, like, the original, like, the oldest iteration of the Muppets, I think it was Jim Henson, was doing a black and white commercials for, like, coffee? And uh, these were, like, really dark commercials. Like, dark humor, though. It, the idea was, like, uh, hey, have you heard of uh, this kind of coffee brand? And the guy goes, no. And he shoots him with a cannon. Then he turns the cannon on the camera and says, have you heard of this coffee brand? And it, it was actually surprisingly really funny. That kind of humor, which you don't expect from Jim Henson, because apparently he's, like, the nicest guy in the universe or whatever, it carries on into... I, I guess it's kind of like a pitch meeting for the show, but it was like done with puppets. They were they were going to do like a kids TV show. What should we name it? And it has a bunch of Muppets sitting around a boardroom while Kermit the Frog and Rolf the dog who talks are uh, are kind of sitting off to the side. And the the boardroom suits are all going like, uh, what should we call a kid show? How about the Kitty Show? One says, uh, how about the Nitty Gritty Kitty Show? And one of the other boredom execs says, uh, Hey, I get an idea. This is a show for kids who don't know how to read and write. Am I right? How about we name it Hey Stupid? 
And I can't. <laughs> I'm be honest, maybe I didn't know I'm, where I was going. The yeah. payoff was worth it. it was pretty good. Maybe I maybe I paused it at just the right time, but A, the idea of naming a show Hey Stupid is pretty funny. But also B, we have to bring that back as an insult, just yelling out at someone, Hey stupid! You know? It's it's kinda like calling someone fatso. It's like why did that word go out of style? I like that. Anyway, they decided to call it Sesame Street instead, and that's what the woke left has taken from us. Uh, and now, before I hand off to Alex, I wanna I wanna do a little bit that I have prepared here. Oh no! Yeah. Uh, well, you guys like jackass, right? Okay. Well, <laughs> my name is Chris, and this is the poison <laughs> pill. <laughs> Take a <bite>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh! Oh, God! I should have taken that with water. Oh, man. And on an empty stomach, too. All right, Alex, what'd you watch? Oh, don't tempt me, buddy. I got a whole bottle right here. Um, Ten ninety nine spent on a joke. The only thing that I watched this week we will be talking about in a later segment. However, I would like to let you guys and the listeners at home know that I was really really fucked up when i loaded up fortnite the other day so i'm now the proud owner of the john cena skin uh, <laughs> which i did because buying the john cena bundle was the only way to get the championship belt that i can now put on characters such as piccolo and darth maul and does also, he have the i have gas shirt uh, he does not however no. i do have the you can't see me taunt so oh, that's important i love that for you <laughs> game is going to bring me financial ruin. It's so good. <laughs> like, oh, look, it's John Cena riding Shenron with a bunch of TIE fighters around him. <laughs> I'm very jealous of you, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I'm just eyeing the TV out of the core of my eye. I'm like, you know, I get paid tomorrow. What if I just... <laughs> worse Isn't that a good feeling? Let me tell you. <laughs> Disposable income is just like, I'll oh, just throw this away. I just, it's not I, supposed to literally be disposable. I'm supposed to throw it <laughs> in the trash. Yeah, I know. <laughs> However. <laughs> it's funny because, like, with their little battle pass thing they put out every season, like, you actually, it pays for itself with, like, the V-Bucks you get back in rewards. So, like, in theory, you spend, like, the 10 bucks once and you're good forever. But that's if you don't spend it on things like the John Cena bundle. You know, the bundle, the idea is that you save money by buying it all at once. That way, you know, if you were to buy it all together. I learned this from Josh a while ago. So. That checks out. You think Fortnite has coupons? I'll get him on it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Our man in Japan. Yeah, Parker, what did you watch this week? Oh, well, of course there's the movie we'll be discussing together. Uh, there's one other thing I'd like to mention. A movie I had never heard of in my life. I was simply scrolling through Hulu as one does. And I came across a cover that spoke to me. This is a film called The Devil Conspiracy. Now I stared at this. I was like, oh, fuck yeah. Some like weird Christian documentary. Incorrect. This is a film released in January of this year. Uh-oh. Y'all. <laughs> oh. So, uh, this movie opens with uh, a real Gods of Egypt-ass opening scene in which the Archangel Michael chains Lucifer up in hell forever as punishment. So immediately I'm like, hey babe, we're gonna finish this. <laughs> Do it, because, you know, you give it, 
You give it ten minutes and see how it's looking, but after that, you're locked in, of course. Obviously. Uh, we cut to modern times. A biotech company is reincarnating geniuses from the past. And I say this because Wait, like, so long... <laughs> Even better, because someone's like, ah, oh, and of course, great artists such as Michelangelo, and someone just walks in holding a baby, and I'm like, babe, we're, we're watching this whole movie. There's no getting out of this. They just have some kid playing violin, like, yes, we were able to bring back Vivaldi, and everyone starts applauding. And then we find out their real plan, because this biotech company is actually a secret cult, and the cult leader uh, goes into a museum that is... That is hosting the Shroud of Turin. Said old woman goes in there with a gigantic sword, cuts a man's head off, uses his severed head's eyes to like get into the retinal scanner, and then they steal the shroud because they're going to take Jesus's DNA off of it and clone it. More on that later. Uh, a priest sees this happen. He's like, "Hey, lady, stop that!" And she just stabs him in the chest. And as he's dying, he's like. Uh, take my body please we can't let this happen so the archangel michael's uh, spirit enters his body and he just becomes a terminator and gets a gigantic shotgun now we go unbelievably it's, good it's, dude what the fuck it is so why did good. we watch a braxis it is so good dude so our main character uh, is of course a lady and as uh, one does in this movie uh, she gets kidnapped and they take jesus's dna out of the shroud and they use it to fertilize her eggs. You know, you're asking yourself why. I have a very simple answer for you. Uh, they've been trying to use people to be uh, Lucifer's vessel for years, but they're just not strong enough to handle it. They're just, it's a real skill issue. But uh, if she has a baby that has Jesus' DNA in it, I mean, why wouldn't that work, right? I mean, clearly. It makes sense to me. Yeah. So, that so uh, yeah, they just do that. They just uh, popple... <laughs> 2,000 year old Jesus DNA right up in her and she's uh, super pregnant uh, she asked the cult leader uh, what's inside of her and uh, I quoted this a new Jesus a better Jesus <laughs> so we're, oh, hovering, we're hovering at four stars at this point um, All right. she is uh, clear in the decks for tonight she's dropped down just to reiterate this is just on Hulu I just found this under recently added like by sheer luck uh, a literal giant demon puts her into a cage and like drops her deep, 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 deep into the earth's surface. And uh, Lucifer's spirit enters her body. And when you know it, it's just a perfect match. So he just possesses her and she just stomps a guy's head and it kills him. <laughs> she's, she's full on possessed. Um, we learn near the end here that uh, this was actually all God's plan all along and the child is meant to destroy Lucifer. So the main character gives birth to a beautiful, healthy baby boy. And the whole cult is gathered outside to witness it. And they're all sitting there in their sick-ass robes and cheering and all that. And the cult leader's like, well, you see, um, he can't be baptized in holy water. He has to be baptized in blood. So the giant demon just swings a giant chain around and beheads everybody. <laughs> and then the movie ends with explosives. Like, just a bunch, basically, like, C4 being used to blow up the building and close the gates to hell the little boy who is now a couple years older looks into the camera and it's like does one of those little omen smiles and then the little bitty like lucifer mist kind of starts coming out of his nose and he just kind of snorts it back up in five stars everyone should watch this movie <laughs> this is the best thing i've ever seen 
This is so much better than Black Adam, I promise you. <laughs> this sounds like I need to make some time. It yeah. Insane. Like, it doesn't Ooh. look, like, good, but it looks like a real movie in a way that you would not expect. It's very... Gods of Egypt visually is very heavy CGI filters. Yeah. But it doesn't look like it was shot for $12, which really amplifies it. Yeah, it's, incre- it's incredibly good <laughs> movie I've right. never heard of in my life. Yeah, you're looking at it, aren't you? It looks real good, right. doesn't it? Dude, yeah. just the poster. It's real good. I hovered over it, I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. Because she watches a ton of documentaries, so I hover over that, I'm like... Yeah, I could have this on in the background because I just needed something. I just needed noise on while I did shit. And uh, when I saw it was an actual movie with like an, a rating and people listed, I did, did a little dig and hit play. And after that first five minutes, you're in. And then ten minutes later, when an old lady decapitates someone to steal Jesus's DNA, you know I'm locked in. Um, this is just a brief aside. Uh, was the house that Jack built on any of the horror lists when you were doing them? No, thank goodness. Hey, that's a really unpleasant experience. Which was my most unpleasant watching this week until I watched Black Adam with a top five hangover. (laughs) A (laughs) wretched Sunday afternoon for your boy. Uh, Cast your mind back to last year. Uh, You might recall that there was a shift in the hierarchy of power at Warner Brothers. And near the end of the year, only two of their films could make it to theaters. Don't Worry Darling and Black Adam. <laughs> Things are still going great. Let me just look two at the flash hits. here. Losing 200 million. Is that bad? It's fine. Everything's fine. Uh, so, let me tell you about this movie. Uh, it opens another Gods of Egypt looking movie, except this one probably cost $300 million. So, good job. Way to really go above and beyond. Um... I don't know much about Shazam, so I hope you like exposition about a magic blue rock and a whole lot of it, you guys. Now, uh, Black Adam is a really underserved slash bad character, so if you have any questions, since I'm kind of now the expert, feel free to throw them at me. Of course. Uh, so anyways, we spent like a good 10, 15 minutes of this intro. It's just trying to cram the backstory of a character no one's ever heard of into this. It, you cannot care less. And then it cuts to present day. And a kid skateboards on screen. And I swear to God, I almost texted y'all. Like, hey guys, bit's over. I'm done. I'm not fucking doing it. Uh, we're going to do a movie uh, with a little bit of imperialism. You guys like that? No. You like when your comic book movies say something? You like that? Yeah. You know, what's, uh, you know what else is good? It's a magic crown that also has to do with the magic blue rock. You like having two magic MacGuffins to find? Yeah, you do. Is this so, like the Shroud of Turin? Oh, I wish! <laughs> I fucking wish. <laughs> hey, what was your favorite part of Suicide Squad 2016? Was it the needle drops? Because I've got the movie <laughs> oh, for oh. you, buddy. Oh, <laughs> buddy. Oh. Hey, what's that? There's an action scene with a bunch of, uh, let's just call them soldiers. You want to slow it down and put paint it black over it? Yeah, it doesn't oh my fit. God. Doesn't fit at all because Black no Adam's way. not in the movie oh. yet. <laughs> oh, there's a there's an egregious one later. Let me fucking tell you. Um, see, so yeah, that happens. That's pretty. Oh, sorry, I was wrong. Black Adam was in fact released at this point, so that's why the song's fitting, even though he's not called Black Adam until the last five seconds of the movie. But Is we know he's Black Adam. Adam. 
<laughs> yeah, they just use like his real name, and it ends on one of those. <laughs> is oh, it? Yeah, not Adam? I should get a. I should get a cooler name. And then he like looks at the camera, and then the title card comes up, and a projectile vomited. Oh <laughs> my god! <laughs> horrendous. That dude. That's like that screen. fucking uh, fan four stick movie. Yes, which is always a good movie to copy. Yeah, a movie that was so bad, <laughs> fucking killed a man's career. How do you get a man fired off of Star Wars? Well, actually, as it turns out, it's pretty easy. But that's not important. Uh, So there's this kid, and he loves superheroes. And his mom is, like, this fucking annoying-ass Lara Croft type. And also there's, like, freedom fighters. I don't know, man. My head was (laughs) in so much pain. And this movie is loud, and it's brown and gray. But I'm taking my notes. I'm being a good little boy. Um, There's a cool action scene, like I mentioned, with Painted Black. You can tell they really thought they were cooking with this. They really thought they had fucking they'd hit something there. It's real bad. Um, we get introduced very shortly to the Justice Society of America, a team of heroes uh, who are just kind of there. This is the problem when you have like DC and Marvel stuff. Is like half these characters probably came first, but not in the movies. So you have Doctor Fate, played by Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> Who the, the fuck, fuck is Doctor Fate? Uh, hey, you guys seen Doctor Strange? No. Hey, he's got a helmet. Oh. There's a <laughs> fucking Mister Pib as superhero. <laughs> yeah. There's a Hawk Man. You remember Hawk Girl, right? Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, he's, he's got wings and a mace. Hawk Girl was a. She was one of the best parts of the Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. Who the fuck yeah. is Hawk Man? <laughs> well. It's kind of like the reverse Miss Pac-Man. He does not, in fact, have oh. <laughs> You know, I, I have to agree. There are way too many female superheroes right now. Guys, Ask we have me to a, take it back. All right, uh, let me quiz you. Are his wings natural, or are they surgically attached, or is he an alien? Uh, Trick question. The, no idea. Couldn't tell you. <laughs> not in this movie, buddy. Go fuck yourself. I, I saw Good the trailer time. a few times, and I kept thinking, that's that's where my Gods of Egypt comparison came from. I thought they were like metal. Yeah, could be. Hey, who knows, man? Could be. Could be part of the suit. Could be real. I don't know. Fuck me. Uh, Dr. Fate, a name I really don't like saying, played by Pierce Brosnan, because money is good. <laughs> hey, look, if you're his age and someone's like, hey, do you want to be in a DC movie? Yeah. Absolutely, I do. Spoilers, he dies at the end of this one. Get those residuals. Good for you, man. <laughs> Uh, his uh, he has a magic helmet that gives him all his powers, and also it can let him see into the future. What can he see in the future? I don't know. Things that are convenient to tease the third act later on, and nothing else. No context around it. Just shots. You're like, I bet that's gonna be important later. It's one of those. It's one of those glimpses into the future where you get a very very select view of like, huh? This seems like it's tied to one thing that we know is gonna happen later, and nothing else. There's uh two other heroes. One is a. Uh, Hey, you remember when Ant Man could turn big? Yeah. Sure. Right, so he's there. Is wait, but is also, that the Native American guy? It is not Apache Chief. I'm <laughs> very sorry to admit. I was gonna ask the same thing. No I no Apache I would have I would have led with that. Apache Chief is still uh stranded at the Psalm from the first uh, Wonder Woman movie. Damn. Uh there's also a girl who's just like a human tornado. Which just means in her action scene, she just like spins around really fast and looks real fucking stupid. Mm. Um, two of these four people are friends, and the other two are just meeting for the first time. So that's your big superhero team. Um, they go to fight Black Adam because... I don't know, man. 
uh, my lovely girlfriend, <laughs> who's sitting there next to me, like she understands that this. I explained the assignment. She thought it was really like us. Uh, she thought it was really funny up until I hit play, and she's like, "Oh fuck, that's right. That means okay. Shit. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It means you got to watch one of them." <laughs> like she wasn't even trying to be like me. She just looked at me and just asked, "Who are we supposed to cheer for?" <laughs> Which was the correct question. Yeah, because it's five people we've never met before, and they all seem like assholes. Yeah, Black fight. Adam is Black Adam's kind of like the Shadow the Hedgehog of the DC. Oh, is he ever? Uh, it's important to remind you guys uh, a theme that will be coming up throughout this and uh, Chris's segment that uh, Black Adam is like a hundred percent a Shazam villain, and not just like the oh in the comics. No, even in the movie, like. Jaimon Hounsou puts on that robe and we see him in a flashback giving him the same powers like he's a million percent tied to this character and The Rock is like nah I don't want to do that dude's kind of lame <laughs> so this movie just exists as a vessel to make him able to fight Superman in a world that will never exist but I'm getting too far ahead of myself so uh they're fighting the Justice Society that's it right yeah Jay, of America yeah, that sucks of America they're also they're not fighting in America. They're never in America. This whole movie, uh, oh. the Justice Society of America flies to another country, and a character has to flat out literally ask them like, "Hey, we've been under military rule for like thirty years. Why are you just now showing up?" And he's like, "Oh, we gotta stop them!" And then they go fight. And she's like, "Sick, thanks. All right. Well, I watched my whole family get murdered by these fucking white dudes." I need to dudes. do uh, save the world. <laughs> um. So uh, it's the standard. Hey, they're gonna fight, but then they'll team up later once they get a get across their differences. Uh, the problem is, uh, Black Adam has you know Shazam powers, which Chris, you're the expert on Shazam now. Uh, very strong, uh, can do anything, can shoot uh, electricity, is incredibly strong. Fighting a uh, man with wings and a man who's big but falls over <laughs> a lot, so he outclasses all of them. And then, so you know, that's not the real villain. The, like the people they're fighting on foot are the fucking apartheid super squad and there's like three or four runs with them so like the first two thirds of this movie is uh the rock as black adam who is you know has god powers just fighting dudes this happens over and over he just like clears out a room full of guys with guns the man who can fly and shoot electricity will just kill like eight <laughs> people you're like wow that's pretty cool Wonder, wonder what Killer Croc's up to. This fucking sucks. Um, this is about the point I realized that, in fact, this kid is going to be in the rest of this movie. And you know what? We're just going to do a little Terminator 2. We're just going to humanize this guy. You know, this guy's this big, bad guy. He just wants to fight everyone. But hey, what if uh, what if people were worth protecting, you guys? You ever think about that? Did you? Because you're gonna. Yeah. You're going to think about that a lot. Uh, we have some more needle drops. Let me just... Oh, good. Let me just belt you down with this one. Let me, Please do. Let me, let me fasten you in real snug. They're on the plane. Oh, by the way, they have like a they have like a magic... Not really a magic plane. It could be magic, but they're all talking on the plane like, all right, so we're at the stronghold. Don't ask. I, I couldn't fucking tell you the gun to my head. Here's what we're going to do. It's fully fortified from this, this, and this. Is, Wait a second. What's he doing? And it just cuts to Black Adam flying in there while power plays. And let me tell you guys. Oh my god. I thought about turning it off and just reading the two paragraphs left in the summary and be like, yep, that was the movie, not good. Because it was so embarrassing. Can you imagine watching that in a theater? No. Neither can anyone I else. I literally can't. <laughs> um, 
she actually pointed this out because I was starting to doze because the headache was killing me. <laughs> that uh, she explains, uh, she gives exposition because obviously, again, it's a character no one gives a fuck about. So this woman explains uh, Black Adam's past by just reciting it to him, which was a really good bit of screenwriting. I felt be like, but wait, you're the guardian from thousands of years ago that was granted the magic powers. You just like. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Like, great, love this. Love to have a woman tell the man who lived it what happened. And then that's the backstory, and you're good. But uh, we find out a big twist is like, wait a second. He wasn't the hero of these people. He was... That, that was like a prison they put him in, because he's so mean and powerful. I sure hope he has a change of heart near the end and becomes one of the good guys. Uh, so, like I said, he attacks the stronghold, which is, again, another extended scene with slow-motion speed ramping of a godman just fighting dudes. Just guys wearing Kevlar getting shot with electricity. And you're supposed to be like, wow, this is pretty sick. I can definitely feel the hierarchy of power changing. <laughs> and then we get, let me tell you, where the movie, where the movie does a little flip at the old end of Act 2, where we meet the real villain. Uh, spoilers, the bad guy, he's like a family member who betrays him. He could not care less. He gets the magic crown. Because this whole movie, we've been passing this magic crown around in a backpack, trying to keep it safe while God electrocuted people. Oh, I've seen uh, Harry Potter. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty close. Uh, so, uh, he gets the crown, and Black Adam just fucking murders him. Like, he just straight up just sends him to hell. Uh, quite literally. Uh, Chris, again, you're the Shazam expert. So you know how a bunch of wizards, like, came together and, uh, gave little Billy the power to be, like, their, like, their champion that would fight on Earth? Yeah. What if six demons did that? <laughs> this ugly <laughs> CGI Hellboy-looking dude with horns and a pentagram on his chest just came to Earth and was like, Oh, I'm gonna take over! And then the Justice Society was like, my god, he's too strong. Hawkman, your wings are no match for this man. <laughs> Important to note that this happens about five minutes after a Black Adam's like, damn, maybe I'm just not fit to be a hero. Unshazam, my powers go away. Put, lock me in superhero prison. So they do. And then I think at most 15 minutes later, <laughs> Dr. Fate's like, hey, man, you gotta wake up. We're really getting our ass beat here. And he just... Again, we get him waking up and having a slow motion extended fight sequence where he beats up dudes. <laughs> he just fights a bunch of guys on a prison. They're like, hey, baby, you can't come out. And just beats them to death. That's actually just... the, you, you keep saying, by the way, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. You keep saying, like, oh, Chris is the Shazam expert because I have seen twice as many Shazam movies as you guys Correct. have. Hey, uh, I, just two, one more than I've seen, two yeah, more than him. It's just weird that you keep saying this to me because you keep mentioning, you know, Shazam, Shazam, Shazam. I Not to get ahead of myself here, but, like, they didn't mention Black Adam once in Shazam Correct. too. So I was Why like, I that? have no idea what you're talking about. Until rock... this climax where you're talking about, like, oh, take away my Shazam powers and, like, you can deal with it. Put me back in prison. They're just like, no. And then he beats people up. That's also the <laughs> climax of Shazam 2. I need <laughs> the to exact it's... same thing. <laughs> All I'm picturing as you're talking about this is fucking the first episode of season two of succession when they go to get jeremy strong out of rehab <laughs> he's like but i've been here for 36 hours it's like no no we need you back we if, need to put you in front of a camera if it's more than 15 minutes 
then I'm an asshole. Like, there's, it cannot be. <laughs> it is such little time spent in there, and they just go and get the dog shit beat out of them by, I mean, he just looks like the devil. He looks like a minion in Twisted Metal 2, honestly, but way shittier. And then he just comes back, and then he just, like, two shots him, and the movie's over. Of course, not before Dr. Fate, a name I will not get tired of saying, sacrifices himself valiantly Ugh. to save Hawkman. And how, the others. How on earth is the Justice Society of America supposed to continue without the contributions of Dr. Fate? They keep teasing, like, oh, I've been alive a hundred years. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure you have, buddy. Wasn't in this movie. This ain't called Dr. Fate, dickhead. I don't really care. Can you uh, imagine if there was a movie called Dr. Fate? <laughs> Pierce Brosnan yes! <laughs> I've seen two Dr. Stranges, Chris. Anything's possible. I mean, that's on you, dude. Yeah. Correct. Again, I mean, if someone had invited me to see Black Adam, I would have. But again, that call never came. Thank Nor goodness. Uh, I will say, the one star I will give this movie, uh, The Rock just grabs him by the horns and tears him in half down the middle. It's pretty good. It's pretty good stuff. It's a good yeah. way to end your movie. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, it ends. He's like, ah, oh, maybe I'm not such a bad guy after all. Well, I don't know if we're friends, but like, I'll help. Now, before I get to my post credit scene, I have to reiterate, for your movie, he is a Shazam villain. They came to The Rock and said, hey man, we should do a teaser at the end to set up Shazam and Black Adam fighting, to which The Rock went, no. <laughs> and just refused to do it. Instead, this movie, the last week of this movie, with the advertising was The Rock saying, hey guys, check this shit out, Henry Cavill's coming back as Superman. So the big spoiler reveal, he just talked about it for a week to try and get any tickets moving. And then Superman comes in and he's like, hey, we, we should talk. And then the universe doesn't exist anymore, so good job, everyone. <laughs> Glad you leveraged your career. Glad you left The Witcher. Hope it all paid out for everyone. Good job. Uh, minus five stars. Real bad. Real dog shit. Real hate it. Remember, you, um, you chose to steal this movie from Chris. I have the feeling I will feel vindicated in my choice as uh, I pass the microphone down to him. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, you will also have to cast your mind back for mine to... Wait, hang on, let me, where's my time machine music? Okay, here we go. Was that this year? <laughs> oh, not again. To oh, my March, God, it's March oh, my of 2023. March? Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> it was like strawberries. I can't believe we've gone back this far. <laughs> I'm gonna everything say it. is everything is so different now. <laughs> okay, can you, can wow. Time machine take us back to Denver. We've, we've, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, where's the little ding ding? I need to get that one on here. Oh no, we're still going, dude. Yeah. Okay. No, no, it stopped. Okay, so we're we're in the magical world of March fifteenth, twenty twenty three, when this movie came out, uh, which I think was the same release date as Evil Dead Rise. I cannot believe that was only three months ago. That is, yeah, I know. Yeah. That is insane. <laughs> <laughs> that, I know people just show all the time like, can you believe this was only five years ago? But that legitimately just shook me to my core. Yeah. <laughs> like, Holy shit, dude. Okay. Uh, do you guys watched uh, Shazam, right? No. The first one? No, the first. Sh oh, I guess no. I just didn't see the first Shazam. <laughs> okay, never mind. Uh, you know, uh, Parker, you watched it, right? I did. Don't yeah, ask me right. anything about it. I okay, remember being so, like, oh, that was pretty fun. Yeah, see, that's the thing is, like, uh, I didn't hate Shazam 1. I thought Shazam 1 was was perfectly fine. Uh, 
I I kind of like the idea of uh, as I was watching, I was like, oh well, this isn't for me, but this is really good for kids, you know, because the basic idea is that there's like a, a group of kids and they live in one of those like foster homes, and uh, they're kind of like outcasts from society. But uh, Billy Batson gets uh, <laughs> superpowers. Not you said from a group of wizards. I think in this one it's just Digimon Hunsu. And uh, he gives him the ability to, if he says Shazam, then he transforms into a really muscular guy, played by Zach Levy. Getting to him in a second. Levi, I guess. I, don't <laughs> I know. hope he didn't blow up his whole career for no yeah, reason. That'd be uh, real embarrassing. What career? Who is he? Oh, Zachary Levi actually had kind of a career. He played um, the, he was a prince or the, the male lead in uh, Tangled, and he was Shazam. So, so he's yeah. in an animated movie. Cool. <laughs> Look. Look, yeah. I don't watch Chuck, but uh, syndication money, that's no joke. You got right, Disney yeah. movies and syndication money. You're oh, that it. guy. Yeah, yeah oh, Zachary okay. Levi, he was a whole-ass guy until something I, happened. I, I, I mean, I'll <laughs> take it. When, when they were doing all the press after this movie, and it's like, Zachary Levi slams the rock. I'm like, is Zachary Levi the director? And then I found well, out. I actually, I have to admit, I, I have to admit, I do kind of side with you on that one, because they're like, I can't believe Zachary Levi said that. I was like, is he a singer? Is he uh, oh, who, who the fuck is that? <laughs> then I look at him, I was like, I oh, is this a new I Spice thing? I can't keep up with this. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, look, the, the first... Uh, Shazam movie, you and I wouldn't have necessarily a good time with it, but again, like it's for kids, and as far as being for kids works, works really well. And I remember thinking, it was like, wow, this is, I guess, technically my number two favorite DCEU movie behind Wonder Woman. This is the only one that's like kind of working for me. And then they made another one. Let's talk about this. So uh, people were clamoring. Yeah, please bring back. <laughs> She's, she's this okay. was uh I, I know chris was clamoring to be able to do this one specifically and we were playing our game so yeah that, he was yeah. very excited we we're yeah. like we don't have well, to I do can talk like, about no, was, I, I have to yeah i'm the ex- incredible that this so. movie the entire marketing was the rock screwed us over and also it had already leaked that they were canning this whole universe <laughs> go see it kids you'll mm-hmm. love this movie uh so anyway, a, the whole thing about Shazam is that he is a child in a grown-up's body. If you've ever seen 1988, uh, the movie Big with Tom Hanks, that's basically that concept done perfectly. I I was really surprised by how good Big is. Tom Hanks is perfect at like that childlike innocence in a fully grown adult's body. Zachary Levi misses the mark worse than Nate Kading, okay? This is Man. one of the most astonishing... Speaking of the time machine, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh shit, I had this set for 2003. Anyway, so anyway, uh, how, how am I uh, best with it? What are they doing? The, the orphans are sitting around, uh, they're milling about in the uh, in the orphan, I mean, uh, foster house. And uh, Oh wait, these are orphans too? I thought these were like regular kids. Well, no, yeah, they, they live in a foster house. So anyway, they're, they're sitting around and... Uh, Every once in a while, they'll go out with their powers and destroy Philadelphia while trying to save it. They are so bad at saving Philadelphia that they get uh, the but, nickname. But they're celebrating, right? Uh, yeah, I guess in a way. They're like they they do the whole like bridge collapsing, which by the way, this, I think this is the same bridge collapsing that we saw from the <laughs> the, viral, the, fan, the Fantastic Four movie. <laughs> viral marketing for the I ninety five collapse. Also that, yeah. So anyway. Um, they're really bad at doing this. And you might say, what do you call this group of, super- of superheroes? Do you call them the Shazams? And uh, no, apparently the media has nicknamed them 
the Philly fiasco because they keep screwing shit up. And uh, by the way, I, we mentioned uh, on the Transformers Beast Wars episode, uh, Rise of the Beast, uh, tonal inconsistency. Remember, Alex, you're the one who pointed this out. Remember when they're in like that museum and it just becomes a horror movie for no real reason? <laughs> That's how this horrifying mo- little gremlin thing. <laughs> That's how this movie starts. Okay, that's their cold up. They're in a museum and they're tired. They have the staff, the broken staff of uh, Digimon Hunsu, and <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this. Greek goddesses Helen Mirren and Lucy Liu come to steal <laughs> the staff. <laughs> You uh, wanted this. You were begging for this. <laughs> All I could talk about is how much I wanted this movie. Now, Lucy Liu Parker, she plays the character of Calypso. And <laughs> oh man, you know what? I will say that. Come on, I bet you were watching this. And you're like. This might be pretty good, actually. Maybe everyone was wrong. As soon as they called her Calypso, I was just like, "Whoa!" <laughs> you know, this, this sounds like there should be some like white Cleopatra discourse about this. I'll just put I, it out there. I the only joke they make is uh, one of the kids says, "By the way, you two are sisters, so one of you looks way older than the other one." And I was like, "All right, cowards." Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if this were a Boston movie, they wouldn't have pulled that punch. Yeah. So, Once they realize uh, like this universe is shit, can to be like, "No, go put that line back in." You yeah. know the one. Put it. So that these these are the three sisters. Uh, I don't know the fates or whatever, or something like Wait, that. Is third they, one. Yeah, there is. There's a secret third one. I'll get to her in a second. Uh, oh, good. They're looking for uh, the magic golden apple that will grow the tree of life and. Some, Anyway, uh, they still and what, what else they do? Uh, I don't remember exactly why, but they go after one of one of the kids is uh, crippled. He he kind of walks with like uh, one cane, and uh, about this time, you realize, well, this movie isn't really for kids. Besides the fact that the opening scene is probably too scary for them, uh, it's the jokes feel like they're written by people who have never interacted with a kid, and uh, oh, so superhero fans. <laughs> Yeah, to an extent, like uh, some of the, the some of the kids are trying really hard, especially the kid. I don't know his name, but the kid who uh, who who is crippled, that kid's doing his best. He's actually a pretty decent actor. I got nothing against him, and he's interacting with uh, I I don't remember what her name is, but apparently she's like uh, she looks like one of those like Disney uh, uh, TV show girls who's playing the third sister, Anthea. Or something. Uh, I'm gonna look it up right now on IMDb.com. Uh, oh, Rachel Zegler. I've heard sure. that name before. I'm yeah, sure. yeah. So uh, whatever. She, she's very pretty, uh, and she's in this. And I have more of an idea of who that is than fucking Zachary Levi. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, we'll get to Zachary Levi in a second. Actually, oh, fuck. It, let's get to him now. I mentioned uh, earlier about uh, how good Tom Hanks was at uh, playing a child stuck in an adult's body. No one's ever been worse than Zachary Levi. Everyone else in the cast is doing their best at portraying a child in an adult's body. Uh, I want to give a particular shout out to it. You probably won't recognize this name. Her name is Megan Good. And she is so excellent at portraying like the childlike one like the mannerisms and like the 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 rhythm of speaking that her child counterpart uh, does like she even does a thing where she'll be taking uh she has to take a breath while in the middle of a long sentence because children have smaller lung capacities and stuff. I was like, wow, they actually do a pretty good job of that. 
no one is worse than Zachary Levi. Now, first of all, his child counterpart, Asher Angel, playing uh, Billy Batson. (laughs) (laughs) That sucks, man. Yeah, this, I don't know who Asher Angel is, but uh, this kid is playing uh, an adult in a child's body, which he's not supposed to do. And when he shifts to Zachary Levi, it's like these two actors have never met each other. If you're going to do this, you should have, like, maybe these two actors, like, they should meet off camera and be like, oh, what do you do? How do you like to uh, walk and talk? I should try to, like, imitate that so they seem like they're the same person. Zachary Levi has never met Asher Angel. There's no fucking way because he doesn't talk like him. His his face doesn't uh, make the same motions. But leave all that aside. Okay, Zachary Levi's a bad actor. Stipulated. The writing is so fucking embarrassing it's it, it goes beyond he likes to say fam asshat he's doing like internet lingo in the way that it really makes you think of like like an old guy in jinkos like saying yo yo what's up i'm down with the hood it's like remember when dino spumoni released a rap album i'm in the house <laughs> baby 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 oh. yeah in the house. yeah found that one too. hell yeah dude yeah it, it, that is the... i forgot about that episode <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, went over like a lead balloon. So that's the feeling that you get from here. It is the most Pokemon go to the polls ass movie I've ever seen. And you think to yourself, "Wow, that's really bad." Can you get back to the uh, to the uh, villains and talk about them? No, I'm not going to do that. Zachary Levi fucking sucks because he is in so much of this movie. Whoever was making this was like, "No, we need more Zachary Levi. He is the draw." And it's weird because he's, like, so much worse than he was in the first movie. And there, there's a little something to uh, note. Like, in the trailer for the first movie, there was a scene where he's, like, doing the flossing dance. And people were like, oh, no, that looks bad. But when you watch the movie, you're like, well, that kind of seems in context like something Asher Angel would do. And in this movie, there's a there's a Lucy Lou's riding a dragon, and he kicks her ass through a skyscraper and kills forty people. And uh, he's like, take he goes like, take that, Khaleesi. And you think to yourself, oh, oh god, no, that sucks. That's, that's one of the real. better. That's one of the better lines of the movie, dude. It gets you just so you just made that up on the spot. It, I, there's I'm no way the fucking Game of Thrones reference to this movie that came out three months ago. <laughs> there is. He says Khaleesi. I had to. I had to look at this like, which one is Christ? Yeah, uh, and again, I'm not kidding. That's one of the better lines. This is so fucking bad. It's it's always like, again, there's no one worse at playing a child in an adult's body than Zachary Levi. You might think that like, well, it's kind of a specific uh, range there, but like, what is Zachary Levi good at? Seems Apparently, uh, being anti-vax. Be it's <laughs> important to be able to do that. on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. The entire uh, marketing of this movie that I remember was just him whining about the rock. It's like, bro, <laughs> you made Shazam too. Calm yeah. down. So this is where things are really gonna. You're like, oh, so they have to. Uh, oh yeah, the Anthea was uh, what's her name? The Smegma girl. Oh, Rachel Zegler. She's uh, she's kind of hitting on the. Uh, <laughs> Come on, yeah. yeah well, anyway, so she, she has to. Uh, she she's like kind of hitting on like the kid with the crutches until she figures out that he's a secret Shazam sidekick and uh she's like oh we can't be friends anymore and then she's like ah, i don't know i kind of like you kind of cute and uh like a timothy chalamet diet version which i guess would just be a skeleton and uh she helps him and uh they beat up helen mirren and lucy mostly lucy loom uh calypso is really the bad guy here and uh bad girl i guess and uh what do they do and in order to beat her up the, the cgi looks fine it's serviceable it's fucking whatever 
Zachary Levi as Shazam, like I said in the Black Adam thing, it's like he he tries to go to Digimon Hunso and says, hey, wait, take back my powers. And you can be, I don't know what I'm doing. And none of my friends have their powers anymore because they oh have a magic God. stick that takes away powers. Oh, we're and, doing the uh, fucking superhero sequel, I don't want my powers anymore? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, I have to admit, I'm kind of on his side at this point. I was like, no, you don't know what you're doing. You're part of the Philly like, fiasco. Like, yes, please take his powers. I yeah. Yeah, the less I see of this fella, the better. And I bet Digimon Hunsu could really kick their ass. And Digimon Hunsu instead is just like, that's not how my name is pronounced, and I'm not going to do it. And uh, instead, they uh, he's like, okay, fine. My my normal human mortal family go distract the giant fucking dragon and the other hell monsters that they have spawned from the golden apple. Uh, uh, I have a question. My hands up. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so he gets his powers when he says Shazam, right? Uh, yes. So, so what if he just doesn't say it? He can uh, just not well, have on. powers. Well, Parker, if, you of all people know that you can't just not say words because you don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, oh, I'm going to do it! <laughs> so Parker, that doesn't really apply here because then no one would have powers and no one would be able to stop the, uh, the uh, people. So, anyway, oh, they have... That's so, uh, it's even worse, thank you. He is their only hope. <laughs> So uh, what? Are the, oh yeah. By the way, the 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 children and their foster parents who uh, just paid off the house. I guess destroyed by a dragon. Uh, they have to. What do they do to to stop all the beasts that have been summoned from the golden apple that they planted in a I think Philly stadium? They summon an evil black demonic unicorn, which are the king of all beasts. And uh, how do yeah. they lure it out yeah. with Skittles? Oh, this boy, episode is brought to you by Skittles Ooh. and later Pepsi. So that would yeah, you really, <laughs> you really, you really sucker punched me on that one. That would fucking hurt, man. So I paused Ooh. the movie because I was like, "How much? Fifty-eight minutes? Holy so shit!" <laughs> so, yes. I'm not even watching it. I just, I just felt the chill go to my spine. Holy shit! Yeah, I don't think I'll be catching this one. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, what does he do? Uh, he does, uh, he, he beats up the dragon, and he does, like, a Fortnite dance or something, and, uh, what is he? Oh, yeah, he's, he keeps the, uh, for some reason there's, like, this giant, like, uh, energy dome over, uh, the city, and, uh, by the way, I don't like the word energy anymore, I don't know, some of that was just kind of pissing me off. I think I mentioned, uh, last time when we were going over this, that, uh, they have a, a key reference to the Shazam TV show, which I didn't watch because even I don't have that kind of time. And they have the original actor who played the first Shazam in the 1974 TV show. He's in this. This guy, he looks like, remember the, the little guy from uh, the, what was it, the Mystery Island or whatever? You know, with, with the hair and everything. The one that goes, D-Plane, D-Plane. Yes. Yeah, he looks he like said little that. guy and I knew immediately. Yeah, he looks like that guy, and he looks like he's wearing pajamas, which I guess is the original costume. He's just wearing that out and about. I understand it's Philly, but, like, come on. It's also, like, one of those ones where it's not, like, a fun little cameo. It's one of those, hey, look who it is, sort of things. This way it's timed out. Anyway, uh, Zachary Levi has to sacrifice himself for the good of the team. And then Shazam fucking dies. And my first thought is unironically uh that is a good move i think that's a good thing for not just like i don't like this character very much i didn't like that performance very much but like it makes you feel something it makes you think that like this sort of ties into something at the beginning of the movie he's trying to be the leader of the team and they keep like leaving to 
go watch baseball at one point. And uh, he's one of the uh, side characters brings up was like, just because <laughs> I'm probably not wearing it the way that they did, but like, just because your parents abandoned you doesn't mean that we will. Uh, which they probably said it in a bit more dignified way, but oh well. One sec. Um, anyway, they're, they're kind of crying and they're, uh, they, they bury him and they're just like, oh, isn't there any way we could bring him back? You're a wizard and Anthea, you're a Greek goddess. Is there some way you could bring him back? Digimon Hunzu is just like, uh, no, only a power of a god can bring him back. And I'm kind of like looking at uh. Anthea and being like, she, you know, she's a goddess. She could do it. And I guess she used up all her PowerPoints. And who should walk on this? They hear a voice from off screen saying, there is one god who still remains. And he hear the guitar go, da 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 No fucking way. Gal Gadot in full regalia walks up and she has that stupid smile on her face that she always has. Remember the, like, remember the same song that she has at the end of Fast 10? Yeah, same one. She's just having a good time. This guy's fucking dead. And uh, she takes the staff of uh, stuff that probably should have been broken again. And she stabs in the ground. The guy crawls out of the ground and makes some stupid fucking quip. You will be begging for Ryan Reynolds after you watch this. Uh, overall, easily not the worst superhero movie I've ever seen. Uh, that would go to <laughs> other movies in the TCU for sure. I want to talk about some positives because there are some positives. I obviously, I mentioned like Megan Good. I liked her. Uh, I like most of the characters actually. I I wish that there were there were plot threads that they sort of tugged on but never truly explored. Uh, overall, I think maybe the biggest problem with this besides, well the most obvious one is Zachary Levi's just horrendous performance. It's just so irritating. But maybe the most significant problem is it's not really about anything. And I know I always say that about like sci-fi movies, but with this one, what is an audience member supposed to take away? Right? Because the kid can just die and come back. It's fine. It's whatever. Gal Gadot has the, she has the anti-death equation, you know, it's, it's not, it's not conducive to learning a message or a moral or anything. All we learned is, like, it would be fun to be a big buff superhero with superpowers. Unless you get that power taken away. I have learned nothing. I have gained nothing. Alex, tell me why The Flash is better. Uh, gladly. Um, so I've thought a lot about how I want to talk about this movie just because it's so current. And, you know, there's still discourse about it that, that I feel like you almost have to address. Especially after having seen it and realizing that a lot of the people that are complaining about this movie very obviously haven't seen this movie which you know it's how things go in 2023 but uh there are two things that i do want to talk about before i start you know getting into the nitty-gritty of the plot here uh the first one uh one of the criticisms that has been levied against this movie is that it looks like shit to which i say a yes literally all of these movies look like shit name the one good super good looking superhero movie you you can't like they they're just they're not real sometimes you'll get something that's like interestingly stylized and you enjoy that for an hour and a half to two hours but like none of these look good and you know people are like oh but he looks so stupid when he's running well yeah his superpower is running fast you try making that look cool because uh, I what would you do in that spot and that, that's an open question because I have absolutely no idea how you make that look cool like, he runs so fast you can't see what he's doing so if you slow him down he's gonna run like he's running in slow motion like yeah of course like what what 
What's the what's the alternative? But I don't have an answer, and I'm not going to watch the fucking CW show to find out either. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I'm a real fan. I don't care about Correct. any of the lore, as we'll get to. But uh, um, the other thing is, you know, there's a lot of reasons that people aren't seeing this movie. The chief one is probably because the comic book dorks have no reason to, because they know it's going nowhere. But you know, there's also a lot of uh, people that are rightfully like pretty upset about the whole Ezra Miller thing. And to those people, like, yeah, that's absolutely fine. Like, I am not going to sit here, despite the fact that I am very, very comfortable separating the art from the artist in literally everything. It's actually a position that I take, like, a really absolute stance on. Uh, I can't blame anybody else for not sharing that stance. Like, consume the media that you want to consume. If something that somebody said or did bothers you, that's completely reasonable. However... If you're one of these fucking people that paid to see this movie and then got on the internet and fucking whined, you're like, yeah, I just couldn't get past all the Ezra Miller thing, fucking kill yourself. Like, you have no principles. You're you're an embarrassing human being. Like, just literally just stop breathing. Did I, they just fucking, not know about it? <laughs> no, they pay for the that's ticket? what I'm saying. Like, like, they know, and they pay for the ticket, and it's funny, if you really, like, I went really deep into the Letterbox reviews on this, because I was genuinely curious, because, you know, I, obviously I hate those people, but, like, you know, I, I wanted to see, like, and, and then, like, every single one was like, oh, well, you know, I have the Regal Monthly Pass, so I didn't really support it, but, uh, you know, two stars, just couldn't stop thinking about it. It's like, no, fuck you, man. Have what? some fucking principles. But like, also, what were they expecting? Were, were they know. expecting to be not a lot of Ezra Miller in this? I, <laughs> Look, I don't support anything that they did. They should be put in prison. But I had to see Michael Keaton as Batman again. I this couldn't is the help same, myself. It kind of sounds like this is the Taylor Swift, Maddie Healy thing. We're like, I, I'm going to go to the concerts, but I'm not going to be dancing along to all of the songs. I, I will. I will be smiling slightly less than I would be otherwise because I can't stop thinking about bad thing that person did. Like, and again. If you think that this movie shouldn't be released because Ezra Miller did a bunch of crimes, that is a completely fair and valid stance. And you should absolutely uphold that stance by not seeing this movie. But if you have that stance and you see this movie, just fuck you. You're just, like, not a person to me. Uh, Now that that's off my chest, um, let me get into this one. Because I will... I'm not going to bury the lead here in what I thought of the movie. I think that not only is this movie good i think it's very very clearly the best of the dc movies low bar to clear but i think that all of the obnoxious studio people coming out and saying you know when people see this movie they're gonna love it i think that they all were completely right i i think that this movie had it come out in 2018 or hell even in 2022 before everyone knew that dc was canceled forever I think this would have actually made a lot of money and been really successful. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I feel bad for DC, you know, for losing hundreds of millions of dollars on this shit. Because uh, as we just spent the last 30 minutes discussing, they are more than capable of making shitty fucking bombs. But uh, this movie did kind of get a raw deal, and I think that's worth, you know, keeping in mind as I talk about it. So we start this one off... uh, And again, uh, we'll have to defer to our Justice League experts, the two of you, uh, for any of that type of stuff, because as Chris will tell you, I don't fucking know what Flash's origin story in that movie was, nor do I care. Um, You know, he's he's part of the Justice League, but he's like the guy that's basically on bitch duty. You know, it's like, oh, Batman's busy doing this other thing. Oh, Wonder Woman's saving some other continent. Like, hey, 
Flash, can you go stop this hospital from falling down? Because there's, like, a gas leak under it. Um, so that's, like, our setup for the first, you know, like, 10, 15-minute introductory scene of this movie. is like, him going around, showing off his powers, uh, because everybody else is too busy, basically. Uh, we learned that this character is... And again, I have no idea what, what the actual Barry Allen in the comics is like, but we're playing this character as basically Michael Sarah, which uh, I think is fine. Um, it's certainly a choice, but I, to Ezra Miller's credit, very, very good at being awkward. So uh, uh, that kind of fits pretty well. Uh, we get the whole scene where he's saving the babies that's been beamed to death because he puts the baby in the microwave. Um, let me just say that yeah, those falling babies in CGI look like shit. Sure, whatever. If you're looking for realistic babies in this thing that is stylized like a fucking comic panel, like, be my guest. But uh, the, the, this opening scene, like, really has a lot of Raimi Spider-Man vibes in a good way. Um, you can tell that this is supposed to be representing a comic. Uh, like, the way that it looks and the way that we're treated to this this character's, like, you know, what he has to do to use his powers and stuff. Um, like, you know, it's not reinventing the wheel, but, like, I think the style is apt and accurate, and as much as I, I too, enjoy making jokes about anyone putting a baby in the microwave, um, it, you don't look at any part of this and go, like, oh, that looks stupid. Oh, that looks like shit. Unless you really have nits to pick with the running thing. Which, fair, but also, what are you gonna do? It's a movie about a guy that runs fast. Like, that's... What are we doing here? Um, so this is, you know, we get our cameos from the other people in the universe. We get a little bit of Affleck Batman, who's like his mentor. Uh, they make Gal Gadot go to the studio and put on that costume to be in this movie for 30 seconds, just long enough for The Flash to touch the lasso of truth and say he's a virgin, which, uh, great bit. Uh, very much enjoyed that. Uh but, like, this, this scene, you know, like, this is, our, like, our establishing scene for the movie. Uh, we get the, the relationship that he has with Affleck. Despite knowing nothing about this character, I feel like I know what I need to know about this character at this point. And that's pretty effective, especially by the standards of these fucking movies. Like, I didn't get backstory... I didn't get origin story shit. There's, like, one flashback in this movie that's, like, 45 seconds. Like, whatever not the end of the world uh all you really need to know about this character is that his mom died and his dad's in jail for it despite the fact that he knows that his dad had nothing to do with it and he's trying to like prove his innocence or whatever so anyway ezra miller's sad he's sad because his mom's died because his mom died like you know 20 years ago or whatever so he he gets he goes to his old house and he gets angry and he's running and he runs so fast he realizes he can go back in time uh that is basically the premise for this whole movie. I don't know the Flashpoint story. I know all of the comic book dorks in my life are like, Flashpoint's so cool, Flashpoint's so cool. And I'm sure a lot of them probably have nits to pick with how this was, like, put into a movie. However, I will say, I don't know what they took, I don't know what they left out, but as we're going through the runtime of this story, the pacing's good and you're never really bored. I thought the story worked really well to set up this movie about this guy that I don't care about that runs fast. Uh, so anyway, he realizes he can go back in time. He tells Ben Affleck about it, and Ben Affleck's like, yeah, you probably shouldn't do that. That's a bad idea. Uh, of course, he ignores him, runs back in time. Uh, while he's, like, running through time, which is a scene that happens a lot in this movie, you kind of, like, see, like, the time is, like, spinning in reverse around him, and he gets bumped out of the timeline by some interdimensional being, 
We'll get to that later. But uh, he gets bumped out. He gets thrown back into a timeline where his mom is alive. Uh, and he's like, he gets thrown back on the day that like his past self is about to get his powers. Uh, so from this point, the lead, the primary leads of the rest of our movie are Ezra Miller and Ezra Miller sharing the screen together, which you might be hearing and thinking, well, that's gotta suck. And it kind of doesn't uh, like, I, I hate this every time I see it. And in this, I thought it was fine. I think that's really, really, really thankless for any actor, especially an actor that nobody likes. And I can't really pick nits with it. Um, I think it works okay. Um, we get we get the scene we, we go back and we do the scene where he gets his powers that night like he's like no 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 you have to be in this lab at this time when the lightning strikes to get your powers like it's important because uh, we need it to get me back to my timeline or something because our timelines Ezra Miller knows what's going on and the other one kind of doesn't uh, in the process of you know having him get struck by lightning and gain his powers uh original flash loses his powers um he's basically passed his powers to this kid who has no idea how to be a superhero and so you know he's kind of like coaching him while also trying to get his powers back and but at the same time he's like you know i i have to find the people that i know in this universe like i need to find superman and like he's sitting around with this guy and his college friends when he realizes like how fucked up things are in the timeline because god i don't remember who the actor is but some other actor is marty mcfly in this universe and it, like, sets off this whole chain, and that's how he finds out, you know, oh, this universe has no Superman, this universe has no Wonder Woman, uh, because, oh, by the way, Zod's coming. You remember Zod from the Superman movie? Yeah. Well, well, he's coming back to get Superman, but on this Earth, there's no Superman. Uh, so, Ezra Miller's trying to find somebody in this universe that he knows that might know what's going on. Uh, he finds out that the one superhero this universe does have is Batman, but it's been a while. And this is where we're introduced to Michael Keaton. Uh, now, a lot has been said about the cameos in this movie. Um, I would say for the most part, like, they are in it for, like, one scene. And, yeah, they look like shit. The Nick Cage Superman thing looks abominable. Like, every complaint about that is completely right. That's not really this movie. Uh, Michael Keaton is basically second build in this movie. He's in it a lot. And he's doing some stuff that's interesting. Um, I mean, I I don't care about, you know, multiverse time travel stuff, obviously, for a million reasons. But in here, it's not, like, it's not super jarring. You're just like, Michael Keaton's here, and he's, like, old and retired, and they kind of have to coax him out of retirement because they need help. Uh, that Eventually, they find out Supergirl's on Earth, except she's been captured by the Russians. So we get to go to yet another Russian prison, which I'm always here for, uh... Parker, if you remember the Tomorrow War when they have to go to find the spaceship in the Arctic, it's basically that. But uh, I'm gonna stop you right now. No, I do not remember <laughs> the Tomorrow War. <laughs> um, so yeah, they have to go get her, and uh, they they kind of like assemble like a ragtag team. They manage to get original Barry his powers back. Um, so you know they they're all set up for this battle with Zod. Uh, let me pause in the narrative telling for one second to talk about the other structural stuff in this movie um as you guys know at this point uh they just gave the next batman movie to this director uh you can tell this is a movie that's been rewritten a million times because there's a lot of really really jarring tonal shifts 
in between things, one of which I'm about to get to. However, I will say, to this director's credit, I assume this was hellish and nightmarish to work with all these rewrites and stuff. And I don't think that this movie is necessarily the sum of its parts. However, I think all of the component parts are really good. Um, obviously, they don't add up to what you want them to add up because they feel like they're pulled from different movies. Case in point. So we go to the big battle with Zod. Um, both Flashes have their powers. Uh, this universe's Barry is now wearing like a modified bat suit um, because, you know, uh, original Barry got his powers back and therefore has his suit back. So he's just like, He's just wearing, like, a Batman suit painted up like the Flash, which is, you know, neat touch. He's trying to do what he can. However, his suit doesn't ground electricity. Um, and they realize that they need to, like, complete the loop in order to, like, make sure that he doesn't overload his suit because it, like, you know, doesn't do static discharge or whatever. Makes more sense in the movie than how I'm saying it. But uh, uh, because of that, uh, we end up with a scene where the two Flashes team up and they basically run in a big circle. And when they get to the other side of the circle, they touch to like complete the circuit and they go back the other way and fight. And like, it kind of works because going into this, you're going into this battle and the fucking Danny Elfman Batman theme is playing because Michael Keaton's here, he's flying in on the ship. And then just like in Transformers, when they interrupt the fight scene to do like the Guardians, like play a jukebox song and have the fight set to it, they do that, which normally I would hate, especially when you're interrupting the big, you know, like, Batman thing. It's like, oh, the song that I know, of course. However, the song they use for this is Salute Your Solution by the Tours, which is a movie that was literally created in a lab to be in a scene like this, and I don't know what's taken Hollywood so long. So, like, that starts, and I'm just like, it, there's, like, a part of me that's like, oh, that's really jarring, and then, like, half a second later, I'm like, about fucking time. Why haven't we done this yet? Like, it's just such a layup. And that's kind of how I feel about a lot of the little touches in this movie. Like, yeah, You'll get shit that seems like it's ripped from the Snyderverse, and you'll get shit that seems like it's ripped out of the early 90s Batmans, and you'll get shit that's from Guardians, and you'll get shit from this and that, and, like, you throw it all together, and, yeah, it's a little bit jarring. But I think, taken on its own, each part is actually pretty competently done, and I have a little more faith for this Batman movie that's coming out because of it. Um, you guys have both seen Spider-Verse now. Uh, you know how, you know how Spider-Verse's whole thing is, like, you know, uh... Uh, you know the canon timeline doesn't matter i'm a do me you know um like like just because something was supposed to happen doesn't mean that like it has to happen in my life in a certain way uh yeah so this movie's like basically the opposite of that thematically which is a a rough rough beat for the flash if anybody is seeing these two movies within a couple weeks of each other uh because this one is all about you know you go back and change things and it messes other things up even if you feel like you're not hurting anything uh so like in this timeline basically they can't save Batman and Supergirl. Like, Zod wins. Zod wins, this timeline dies out, no matter what they do. No matter how many times, like, that younger Barry tries to run back. And we find out that, spoilers, the dimensional being that pushed Ezra Miller off the path in the first place is actually this universe's Barry Allen, who's just been running this whole time trying to change things. Uh which is necessary in order to like that guy has to die in order to complete the loop so this Barry stops fucking up time and uh it, it kind of works but like the, you know the whole thing he's just he's going back to save his mom realizes he can't save his mom but is also like but what if I adjust the security camera in the store so people see that my dad is innocent uh that doesn't hurt anything that doesn't affect anybody's lives so he does that he comes back to you know his own timeline and his dad gets off and he's like all happy about it. It's like, oh, you know, we did it. You know, I'm so glad I was able to save my dad in some way. And then he gets a call from Bruce Wayne. 
who is now George Clooney in this universe, because by changing the camera, he fucked up the timeline again. And then the movie ends. And, uh, I gotta say, that's a good bit. It, yeah, that's it's, actually it's, 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 I got that spoiled yeah, like for it. me, because it's a really yeah, good bit. That's actually... it, it's, it, it's, like, like, that's the thing. Like, if you listen to any of those, like, individual... You, you take 30 seconds out of what I just said at random, and you play it back, someone's gonna hear it and go, well, that's fucking stupid. And, yeah, in a vacuum, it kind of is it's a superhero movie these are all fucking dumb but i i can't believe how much i liked this one i again i don't feel bad for this company like fuck them like take all their money i don't give a shit but uh it it does kind of suck that this is the movie that the dorks that like these movies have been waiting for for so long and now none of them are going to see it for reasons that have absolutely nothing to do with the movie uh that's kind of unfortunate to me because i think what they have here is something that's worth watching, and it's probably something that both of you will end up watching at some point in the next couple of years. It's on streaming or whatever. Like, I mean, d- don't yeah. go out of your way. Like, it, it it doesn't look amazing, so you don't need to see it in a theater. It's fine. But I mean, I just pulled up a list, and literally, uh, these three movies were the only DCEU movies I had not seen. So, like, what am yeah. I just gonna? Am I just gonna not? Like, come on, <laughs> I ain't gonna watch Shazam tomorrow or anything. But yeah, yeah, of like, course, eventually. Like, shit. Yeah, you don't have a choice. I know that. When it hits max, I will get a text and I will be summoned to watch it, and I will, and I'll probably have a good time. It's I, I'm surprised that I had as good of a time that I did because I expected to hate this. I mean, what did I say when I was in the theater? Like, gonna go take my medicine now. Uh, yeah, no, people have been hard on this one for some justified and some very unjustified reasons. Um, don't go out of your way to see this one. You're not gonna save it from being a colossal flop. But uh, this will be on streaming in the next, I don't know, three to four weeks. And uh, you can do worse with two and a half hours of your time. I I think this is better than the first Wonder Woman. I think uh, it's more even from start to finish. It's not like that, that movie that has such an amazing second act and everything else is shit. Uh, but I think that there's a lot there that is worthwhile. I'll say that. Um, so uh, th- thanks for picking poorly with your doors i really appreciate that God damn it <laughs> i have doors i mean i was gonna see it regardless but now i'm actually like excited to see it not just to have content to talk about yeah and i'm curious to see because i it's not like i've talked to any other fucking human being who's seen this movie like i wonder if other people are going to like this as much as i did um I'm certainly not putting this in the category of like you know dungeons and dragons which is an actual good movie that people should see but uh you know, it's it, it comes fairly close to me, and that was astonishing, considering all of these component parts sound so bad. But because like even the things that looked annoying, like having Michael Keaton as Batman, is like, but I get it if you're trying to use a different Batman. Because like one of the whole things I remember from the actual Flashpoint is like it's a different universe where in the alley bruce wayne gets shot instead so his dad becomes batman and he just starts fucking murdering people uh-huh but in this universe i mean <laughs> ben affleck's just driving around with a batmobile with a fucking gatling gun on it murdering crooks so i was like doesn't really doesn't really hit the same way as it would there so uh, yeah yeah you gotta take a hard swerve yeah and it's an interesting way to do it it's an interesting to do thing to do with this story that seems to be really precious to comic book people because i mean what what the fuck else can the Flash do? He just runs fast. Like, if he can run so fast he goes back in time, that's at least fucking interesting. You're not uh, watching please, Aquaman. Like, please let us know what else the Flash does and what the Flash's two favorite Star Wars movies are. Please <laughs> let us know. 
Please tell us that you paid money for a ticket and you were disconcerted with how much Ezra Miller was in the... Maybe that's the thing. They saw two Ezra Millers and they're like, I only paid for one. Yeah. Uh, now, not, what, are they going to split residuals? Like, they're getting twice as much out of us? I don't know. Like, I'm also a separate the art from the artist unless you just don't like him, then fuck him. It's fun to have a victory lap. I just thought he was the most annoying part of the Justice League movies, plural. Right, That's yeah, why I didn't I, want to see two of them. Yeah, I, that's basically how I feel. I have, I think I've been pretty clear about uh, my separate the art from the artist thing. I have to be, <laughs> based on the yeah. shit that I watch. Yeah. Number <laughs> Mel Gibson fan over here. <laughs> but also, like, I, you know, it is kind of fun to kick Ezra Miller when he's down. If, if I have no problem with that. Bad. Like, make all yeah. the fun of Ezra Miller you want. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. It's not my I, I will say that I... I'm not necessarily interested in watching this, even though you called it good. It's not because of Ezra Miller or anything like this. It's just like, I don't know if I'd pay money to see this. This is probably a way for a streaming one for me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, in not, three yeah. weeks. Yeah, correct. <clears throat> That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, do, like absolutely, you do not need to go out of your way. It's not going to change your life. Yeah, but uh, exactly. I, I think I think that this one, uh, if you see this and you like it and you can articulate why you like it, might give you some cachet with the normies. Let's put it that way. Well. I don't. I don't know if I want all that now. Right. Exactly. Now let's get to a movie that will not give you any cash. With the absolutely Norris. not. Man, what this the is, fuck is this movie? This is uh, a little something called Abraxas, Guardian of the Universe. Can I just say why I picked this? First of all, I got a. Uh, I get emails from Shop Factory for DVDs and, and Blu-rays and stuff. I don't know why. I guess I just started sending, and I haven't marked them as spam in my email yet because I just I just don't care. And they said that they had uh, a Blu-ray release of Abraxas Guardian of the Universe coming out. I was like, what the hell is that? And I saw the poster. It's a, a bald purple Jesse Ventura, like which I guess just purple Jesse Ventura, and he's shooting a laser beam out of one of his eyes. And I was like, I've seen that before. I've seen that at the Alamo where they do like their pre-show like advertisement thing. They have a bunch of people shooting lasers out of their eyes. One of them is Abraxas, the Guardian of the Universe. I, I didn't know that was like a real movie. And so I guess I was kind of curious. Turns out this was made for about 30 bucks. And 29 of that may have gone to Jesse Ventura. And one of it went to Jim Belushi. I have <laughs> a lot of questions. I, I, first, I don't think any of us have answers. For, first and foremost. All right. So he's like, he's a robot, right? Like, uh-huh. Okay. Cy- yes. Cyborg is probably. Um, all right. Questionable. Yes. Alright, I'm not going to get into the mechanics of why the robot manages to, uh, you know, inseminate a human woman. That's, that's somebody else's problem. Uh, what I am going to ask, see, however... The time is why... force has been disrupted. <laughs> who, would, who would make a robot with this hairstyle? Like, why does this fucking robot have a power donut? <laughs> like, I just assume... I went my whole life assuming that Jesse Ventura was a shave-it-off guy. Like, there's just no way he's not, right? He's a fucking wrestler. There's no way this guy has, like, the hairdo of, like, a mid-50s accountant. That wouldn't make any sense. Like, this guy's supposed to be a big, tough badass, right? Well, so, I think a... Jesse... Ben... No, no, you're... go ahead. Okay, I, I think Jesse Ventura is from the era where people would be, like, noticeably balding, and then they're just like, no, I will embrace it, and then they looked even sillier as a result. There would be, uh, who was the guy, uh, there, there was a, a New York, uh, Y.A. Tittle was one of those guys. <laughs> and you might be like, why is he mentioning this, like, old-ass quarterback? If you go back, and like, this guy's like a Hall of Fame quarterback. He was, like, one of the most popular quarterbacks in the world. And you look at him, and he's just... He's bald, but, like, in the same way that Jesse Ventura is, with just, like, a little bit of hair left. And you're just like, people like this guy? People had posters of this guy? <laughs> people there are, like, really been, proud of him, I guess. And I guess Jesse Ventura's of... from the same era where he was just like, 
No, this is how I look. I Maybe it's just staggering to me that I had no idea what Jesse Ventura looked like. Because I feel like it's something that I should know. But, I think uh, in all his other movies, he's like wearing a hat. I, and also, I think like literally the only time I've actually seen him in motion is when that fucking clip of uh, him on his talk show getting asked about the beer nerd was on. Right, yeah. That one. I've seen that one too. <laughs> and again, his voice sounds like that. That's fucking intimidating. Oh, come on. Well, you know, before they put it through the Shaking. robot modulator. Right, yeah. Well, uh, he, he, this movie begins, as all things do, with Jesse Ventura saying, That's right, I've been on the force for 10,000 years. I kept fucking trying to interrupt uh, It does really make you perk up. Yeah, turns out he has the second silliest hairstyle in this movie. One of the other guys, I, I guess the character's name is just Dar... Uh, he is, uh, th- he's sitting with some other guy. They look like, um, the Daft Punk guys, but without any... I know, I just assume that there was a multi-hour-long debate of, like, I know he's a cyborg, but he should really have a bandana on. And they're like, no, why would he... <laughs> he wouldn't wear it. That's not part of the script, I'm sorry. Why I must be playing Diablo Why would a here. cyborg need a fucking, uh... Why would a cyborg need a headband? Why would a I cyborg mean, he's already, be bald he's with already, a rat tail? He's already wearing a fucking Gold's Gym tank top and a fucking duster over it. Like, give the man the bandana. Dude, that rat tail. I Right? Yeah. Froze me. Because <laughs> like, I didn't know rewind. he had it until the scene where he starts making out with that woman. <laughs> he turns his head and you're like, what in the fucking hell? <laughs> It's like you feel like there's like a boom mic in the shot or something. Like, like, where did that get in there? We should have clipped that when he wasn't looking. (laughs) It's like the fucking, you know, if you watch a three minute a baby, there's a ghost in the window. (laughs) You know, if you watch a Braxis, he has a rat tail. Like, what the fuck's a Braxis? Can you imagine if I've when I was telling you guys about the movie, it was like, oh man, there's a guy named Sven Ol Thorson, Jesse Ventura. He's a cyborg who's ten thousand years old. There's an anti-life equation, and he has a rat tail. Then we would have all been in. He should have let that. We yeah, yeah. Then we would. Hey, speaking of uh, how we all just spent an hour talking about DC. Hey, Chris, remember the Justice League? Hey, do, you, do you remember how Darkseid, uh, he had these uh, little robot things called Mother Boxes and he was looking for the anti-life equation? Yeah, and the boom. Well, I, got a, I got a movie for you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> All Turns right, out when so. you make a movie for $30, uh, DC's not going to bother suing you. You can just yeah. do whatever you want. I, so he says, uh, I'm not going to do his voice anymore because it's actually hurting my throat. He says, Secundus and I go way back as he starts <laughs> blowing up a Canadian forest. <laughs> what a sentence to say out loud. Now, speaking of saying things out loud, we hear the names Secundus and Abraxas constantly throughout this movie. To be fair, it is very important that they do this in order for you to have the slightest fucking clue what is going on. Yeah, this is... I mean, genuinely, this is one of the darkest movies I've ever beheld. <laughs> it's unpleasant i will say uh the mixing's terrible you can't hear a word oh, yeah saying, that's yeah but you can hear the saxophone oh, oh buddy the saxophone. dude i love the dentist office jazz that they were playing and throughout all the canadian chase scenes which reminded me a lot of the final sacrifice yeah it's way. hard to not think about right, yeah. in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> you could go toe-to-toe with a breakfast he really like, could yeah let me put it this way i have like four real notes on this movie and between his hair and the saxophone we fit the two most important <laughs> because uh dude that saxophone is oppressive but it was killing me like when you realize the saxophone's here to stay it's uh it's very very heartwarming and for me the point at which i realized this is the first 
daytime encounter we see in this movie the first time we can see what's going on when they're just attacking that random family camping uh which i need to bring up for one and one very very specific reason which is uh when that dude throws the keys in the fire and then they're like go get the keys he's like oh okay and then nobody gets the spicy keychain I uh, oh. I was so upset. Like those, I saw those keys in the fire. I'm like, this is gonna burn someone's hands. I'm so excited. And then it just doesn't. They just yeah. leave that on the vine. Like, what the fuck? I mean, this is one of those movies where, again, the, the mixing's so bad and the visuals are so bad that you can't really tell what's going on unless it's in the daytime. So I had a lot of questions. But so my questions were, is this an immaculate conception thing? Has she got the anti-life equation inside her womb? <laughs> And uh, also, when she gives birth to the baby, and she names it Thomas Murray. I was like, "Is that the name of Gerard Butler's character in Kandahar?" And <laughs> as it turns out, I I was paying attention for a change, and I wrote down what's going on. Okay, so that girl, she gave birth, virgin birth, like in the Bible, uh-huh. to a yep. child who has the capability of discovering the anti-life equation because Abraxas spared her because she's an innocent, of course. And you now think about so- it, can't doesn't everyone have the capability to? to find an equation i've seen goodwill hunting like what the fuck is this uh, this well, baby might find the formula of braxis you have to shoot her in the head yes <laughs> anyway now bad news that he didn't kill her because now secundus is going to go and discover their location and he's going to get the anti-life equation makes sense right yeah which one of these is lucy lou i don't fucking get this this makes no goddamn sense and uh so it's kind of like the terminator but like different you Anyways. think so? A little bit? Yeah. Just a little bit? <laughs> so, time passes. Hang on, where's the time Dude, passing music? My hang god. On, hang on. Okay, I'll let you. Uh... Six years later. Oh no, I'm going back to before I watch this movie. Fuck. Approximately. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so the, kid's, uh, the kid is in school. And uh, what's going on with him? He's uh, you know, he's getting bullied and shit. And uh, his his mom goes to... I couldn't tell if... This is mullet Jim Belushi, by the way. And I couldn't tell if he was the principal or a psychiatrist or a police officer. I think he's like all three. Because he has like an American flag behind him. Despite the fact that this is a Canadian movie. And uh, she's like... Hey, he keeps getting picked on. You know, and he's... And I guess, the, I guess he's like... Well, your kid's kind of weird, you know? Maybe they wouldn't pick on him if he wasn't so weird. And she says, couldn't you tell the kids to not pick on him? And I made, like, a little joke in, in on my couch, you know? I watch a lot of Mystery Science Theater 3000, and I was like, uh, no. And turns out Jim Belushi heard me. He was like, uh, no, I never thought of that. <laughs> Where the fuck did that come from? Hey, can you tell your kids not to call my son little gay ass and he just puts his gun on the table like man i'm not gonna <laughs> fucking tell you one more time wait by the way i think mullet jim belushi is the one who said uh this is a normal school for normal children yes <laughs> <laughs> i uh I, the most engaged i was at any point during this movie was when we were introduced to the bullies because i was like finally something for me and uh then that bully gets his head fucking lasered off in the bathroom. <laughs> it's important to also note that uh, we skip ahead five years, and she just becomes the narrator of the movie for like 20 minutes. The main characters are off screen now. It's just yeah. her talking about her stupid kid. Yeah. Where, where are Abraxas and Secundus? I don't know, man. They're just hanging out for five years while this kid goes to yeah. school with Jim Belushi. Yeah, deals with the Babadook. All right, so uh, 
I think there's another uh, chase scene here, right? And it's like with a babbling brook in a forest because that's what <laughs> they, they have, could afford. They have like five or six once in a lifetime chance encounters. Yeah. After chasing each other for 10,000 years. Yeah, they've been doing 10,000 years and they just meet up in Canada to chase each other <laughs> in the forest. Uh, I knew I'd find you in Ottawa. And they just like <laughs> roll down the hill. <laughs> and then they're just in a town with a couple of like podunk sheriffs. And. Uh, they they are, they keep trying to do jokes. They keep fumbling over the jokes. Like Jesse Ventura says, he's always wanted to avoid VD. They're like, what? Vibrational <laughs> devices. That was like, wait, that's the same shit he was talking about in that interview with the with the fucking fluoride with the fluoride in the waters and shit, the chemtrails and vibrational devices. There's no way he doesn't believe in that. That had to have been that's an ad lib. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I took some creative liberties. <laughs> Great. Why are you so good at doing his voice? Because <laughs> I wish I was him. I wish I could make a career out of wrestling and then lying about being a Navy SEAL. You know, so you cool. could still get his hairstyle, dude. Rat tail oh. included. Buddy, that's the end game. That's why we're keeping the link. Well, that makes one of us. Yeah. All right, so uh, the kid still has the anti-life equation inside his bodice, and he could use it to make other kids piss their pants. So... <laughs> good bit, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what I would do. <laughs> you want to talk is... about accurate portrayals of children? <laughs> yeah, dumbass mute kid just making the bullies all pee themselves. It's perfect. Yeah. All right. Uh, this also has a, a scene where Jesse Ventura is sitting shirtless on a bed with all this Holy chest. Hair. <laughs> <laughs> There's this all this blue lighting, and he's like, it's fucking Manhunter all of a sudden, and Why he says is... to the child. Hello, would you like to sit up here with me? <laughs> Why does a robot have chest hair? <laughs> Let me tell you a story of my hero, Brian Singer. I ain't shaving for this rinky-dink operation, okay? I gotta say, um, you know, steroids are not good for you. We can all agree on that. Eh. But also, <laughs> this is what happens when your heroes get off the gear, kids. <laughs> you just kind of melt into this. It's not a good look. We're already struggling because uh, someone had the idea to cast Vessi, Jesse Ventura and be like, "No, but you're you're a robot, so we got to really downplay it. Your really muted performance from Jesse Ventura." So he's just sitting there naked on a bed, looking like a bowl of soup, going, "Hey, kid, you want to talk yet? Come here, son." He puts his hand on his skull. I noticed your mother's taking a shower. I've never been kissed before. Sick. Good movie. Where's the German guy? Where's the German guy who looks like a thumb? Oh, he's in town turning people into dust and flannel. He starts petting that kid's head like Lenny petting a rabbit. I'm thinking of the farm again. He just fucking eviscerates him. <laughs> By the way, yeah, myself we, into it. we should talk about Secundus again. This fucking guy. <laughs> That's what I say every day. <laughs> Secundus, who for my money looks like everyone else on Earth, is going around to other people and he's just... He, I think his power, besides uh, just blowing them up with his mind, is uh, I think he likes to throw power tools at people because that's how he chases down <laughs> this kid in the finale. <laughs> There's like sparks flying everywhere. He throws a, like a miter saw at the kid, and the kid's just running off. The kid, I think, is like silent throughout the movie. Right? He just doesn't want to speak because he's afraid if he speaks that he will speak the anti-life equation. 
I, I thought it was because he was a robot, but that makes more sense. Or What's the matter? Like... Cat got your tongue? <laughs> Fucking idiot. I'm full to reverse Scream 6. I actually love this some more than I talk about it. This movie's really good. I guess we can talk about that shower scene, which is fucking awkward as hell. It's so good. Because <laughs> one of the first lines is like, uh, you are a cyborg hunter. You will have no relationship that precedes the union. And uh, <laughs> he sees a, a pretty woman in, in the shower, and it suddenly freezes him after 10,000 years. <laughs> oh my god, what is happening? <laughs> I've become engorged <laughs> to hell with my badges. <laughs> Here's a vacuum. He looks like he smells levitating. like he needs that. He looks like he smells like deer meat. He looks fucking heinous. <laughs> yeah. He looks disgusting. I can't believe the idea. He he got off cycle and decided he'd make a Canadian movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to pop <laughs> so I have to go make a Braxis great love it <laughs> yeah they have a very beautiful shower scene where they kiss and she's like have you ever done that he's like no and she's like do you want to and he just like slowly creeps yeah. in he, like the he fucking... does like the whole like pressing his face against her slum it looks like the little mouth coming out of the xenomorph I fucking hate it dude it sucks real bad I was gonna say it looks like uh, the squid sliding in the frame with his pants down. <laughs> Can you imagine? He's, he's like asking this other before he fucks her. He's like, "Are you vaccinated?" <laughs> I noticed you're a fertile birthing member of your species. Which is a line that they oh, say. Oh yeah, they say that he... constantly. This is what the before... woke left is doing to our movies. <laughs> before Secundus puts his hand on her chest and says "abracadabra," she gives birth in five minutes, which is just a thing that's never mentioned again. She has a baby within five Earth minutes, and then she goes back home, and she's like, "They're like, who's the dad?" She's like, "I don't know." I'm like, get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> yeah, that is and like one we, of the weirder we parts of this thing. It's like. Years. Is like, uh, doesn't the dad say something like, the only thing worse than having a kid is not knowing who the father is. It's like, dad, I saw you 20 minutes ago. I was not pregnant. Something has happened. But no, he just kicks her out. What an odd movie. (laughs) You know, I expected more normalcy from a Braxis guardian of the universe. (laughs) (laughs) This is a Braxis guy's <laughs> off his rocker. Yeah. It really is stupid, but like like as as stupid as I expected on aggregate, but like stupid in ways that were way different than I was expecting. Which yeah. uh that's an accomplishment, because I've seen a lot of these. Yeah. You know, I have to admit that this was sort of unpleasant to watch. Just because <laughs> right. like, it's just yeah. It's just like you can barely hear what's going on and like the visuals are kind of impossible to discern. It made me wonder, it's just like, yeah, this is a short length. But, like, maybe we should also check, like, the budget of a movie, too. Because, like... Nope. <laughs> no, we, we've, had some, we've had some good luck with some of them. Like, that yeah. uh, that Rowdy Roddy Piper movie. And that other Rowdy Roddy Piper movie. Yeah, oh, yeah. There's no way this costs less than King of the Kickboxers. And yet... <laughs> oh, by you way, have to of... face me in the Kumite. Yeah. <laughs> I'm listening. God, can you imagine yeah. him in the fucking Kumite? Jesse Ventura Wait, versus the... Bolo Young? With this body, though. Yeah, Yeah, with that body. I've been poured into this dragon suit. I'm ready to fight to the death on camera. (laughs) So cool. 
<laughs> they roll up to a school because uh, Sven Oli Thorson, who again is just a giant thumb with a goatee, he's just like, bring me the coal mater. And they're like, what the fuck does that mean? And then Jesse Ventura just pulls up in like a 92 Dodge. He's like, I have the boy. And then they, <laughs> and then they chase him through like a fucking abandoned warehouse, and the kid just sets a bunch of fires with his mind. It's really good, actually. Um, it is the most Canadian way to kidnap someone is to throw power tools at him. <laughs> oh, and like in the last thirty seconds, they reveal like, but he used to be a finder. You're a finder. You can't kill another finder. It's like this man is trying to end all life in the universe, but he gets fucking diplomatic immunity because he's a cop, so you can't shoot him. Yeah. It's, it's really good, actually. You have to obey your commanding this, officer. This whole movie has been this giant man just walking into town, being like, ah, your glasses, nice, and then just, like, melting a man. He's like, <laughs> can't, can't shoot him. That happens so many times. <laughs> you should like the bit where he eats everything on the menu, then eats the bill, and then walks away? Yeah. <laughs> That's a real, uh, we're at 72 minutes, guys, so what do we do situation. That feels like a joke from a Children of the Corn sequel, you know? I don't know what it's doing here, but... This really does actually feel like a Stephen King movie in a lot of ways. Yeah. Obviously, none of the good ones, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, but not the good guys like saying, you like. <laughs> like three of them? I don't know. Jesse Ventura would be good in a Stephen King movie, though. Oh yeah, oh, for yeah. sure. I, I, I don't. I don't have to pick one. You, you could fit him in any of them. You yeah. find a role for him. Well, so he was in Running Man. He was in uh, Predator. Wait, Running Man is a Stephen King movie. Yep. Oh hey. Well, oh, I guess well. I was right. Yeah, the podcast. We're done. <laughs> Called a shot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, what do What are we doing uh, next week? I got a couple ideas. If you guys don't, let's uh, go ahead and throw one out. Is it time to watch Supernova? What is Supernova? <laughs> that is a film. Let me pull that up here. Oh, so it sure can... is, buddy. It sure is. The two thousand version. Yes. Oh, Walter Hill. Hey. <laughs> I don't get too excited. <laughs> Not the good kind, like you want. I just remember you talking about this, and I remember seeing the trailer. Yes. And then <laughs> you talking you about it. Trailer. <laughs> and me thinking, like, huh, that that can't be right. Well, I like science fiction that's about something. Is that why you like Abraxas so much? <laughs> <laughs> I learned so much. I learned what a colmator is. I have. I still don't know what a colmator is. It'll be gone tomorrow. <laughs> Directed by Walter Hill and Francis Ford Coppola. What the fuck? <laughs> Something has gone amiss. Four different endings were filmed. Oh, what if we each watch a different ending? <laughs> also, the bad guy is just the guy from Fastlane. Fuck yeah. Isn't that cool that you can just say that sentence and there's four people that are like, yeah. oh, sick. Yeah, and everyone else is like, two of them, yeah. <laughs> no, no, not Bill Bellamy, the other one. <laughs> oh, of course. How could I be so foolish? I got one felony. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, that's the real end of the episode right there. <laughs> did a lot for me.
And that's the tea, sis.